another episode of the Rookie Big Board. I'm your host, Matt Hicks, the FF Educator, back at it to talk week two of the NFL preseason. We're going to be talking about three segments on today's episode. We are going to do the notable stat lines and highlights from preseason week two. Check out those notable rookie performances. We are going to talk about the sad stuff. We're going to talk about cuts. They are already happening. And unfortunately, we already have some rookie injuries to talk about. But we will finish the episode on a high note because we have some wild rookie trade action going on. I'm going to talk about three rookies that I have been advocating to trade away. And we're not just going to talk about me telling you why you should trade them away. I'm going to go through a whole laundry list of trades that I have actually received from folks in Discord and on Twitter about the deals that involved these rookies. Three segments on today's episode, all NFL. We will get into college football in the 2023 class here in future episodes because it is a fantastic time of the year. Week zero of college football is starting up soon. If you're listening to the Rookie Big Board Podcast Network, you got to make sure you're listening into the CFF show. That's going to drop here on this feed tomorrow. It's also F1 is coming off of summer break. Really fantastic. Folks, House of Dragons is back, Game of Thrones. I'm actually skipping out on that to record this episode. I'm going to have to wait and watch, so don't anybody ever question my commitment to the rookies and this podcast. Before we get into segment number one here, I've got to take a moment here and highlight the fantastic resource that is patreon.com slash rookiebigboard. Folks, if you want to support this podcast, this level of sicko mode, analyzing rookies to this level of detail, both for this year's class and next year's class, if you want to get insight on the 2023 class, I already have 35 plus scouting reports on next year's class up there. We're talking trades. We're talking everything fantasy football in the Discord just updated the dynasty rankings we've got the devi rankings we've got the cff rankings folks three bucks a month that is all check it out patreon.com slash rookie big board all right let's get into these notable performances here starting with as you all would expect bo melton out of seattle i know nobody expected me to start with Bo Melton out of Seattle. Listen, I don't even know if he's going to be 53-man or practice squad, but these are the types of performances I like to track. Four for 18, it doesn't sound wild, but it was the most for Seattle. The Seahawks were playing Geno Smith with Drew Locke out with COVID this week, so it was kind of a weird offense, but Bo Melton did stand out. He led the way for Seattle, so these are the types of things. Small pieces last week, small pieces this week. We're going to start threading these things, finding trends. Who knows? With that special team's capability, maybe Melton ends up making this squad, and he's a deep league stash. New England backfield check. It's going to be Pierre Strong going 7 for 23. Kevin Harris going 3 for 18. Kevin Harris looking a little bit better this week here. Pierre Strong looking like a little bit of a developmental curve is in front of him. It was a little bit flipped last week. Week 3 should be really interesting to see which one of, if both of these guys end up on the 53-man versus the practice squad. Chris Alave went 2 for 28 with a smooth touchdown. I tweeted out this clip, but folks, have you ever noticed that when Chris Alave catches the ball, there never seems 
to be a defender within two to three yards of him. This is what we love about Chris Alave. It is the separation. It's the separation into the second level of the field. Don't tell me Chris Alave can't catch touchdowns 15, 20 yards downfield because we saw it in preseason week two. It's probably all we're going to see at a Chris Alave. They're going to be making sure he is healthy and good to go for week one because Chris Alave has a serious shot to be wide receiver one. I've said this once. I'll say it 100 times because I'm officially locked into this take, so I might as well say it 100 times. I also noticed on some sports books, Chris Alave was moving up to maybe the fourth or fifth best odds to be rookie of the year from the wide receiver position. Folks, that's the type of hype we love. I don't think Vegas is listening to this podcast, but I know you are, and I appreciate it. Romeo Dubs, 3 for 21 and a touchdown. Going to give a little bit of a spoiler here. We're going to talk about Romeo Dubs a lot later on in this episode when we're talking rookies that I want to trade away. Houston, Damian Pierce did not play. That seems to be a good sign. Now, I own who I'm hype on and I own who I'm low on. I've been lower than Damian Pierce right now from what Houston is telling us. Maybe that wasn't a great take, but let's wait until they get onto the field and let's see what Damian Pierce does in live action because, frankly, we might not see him again in this preseason, and that would be a positive sign for Damian Pierce. Now, we're going to take a little bit of a rookie sidebar because we're talking about the Texans, and we need to talk about my dude, Nico Collins, went 4 for 48, including a big reception. I'm in on Nico Collins. I haven't projected in that wide receiver 3-4 range, so wide receiver 36 to 48 range. Just updated the seasonal projections as well as the dynasty rankings, so that is available for patrons if you want to go and dig into that point a little bit more. But I wanted to take an opportunity to talk Nico Collins because I think he is flying under the radar, especially with the additional volume available in Houston with the unfortunate time missing here from John Mechie. Buffalo, James Cook got five touches for 50 yards. That does include one reception. I believe it was for 12 yards off the top of my head. So I like that for James Cook. I like that Buffalo offense overall. Man, that thing is cooking. I know it's the preseason, but this offense is cooking. And a big piece of that is our guy, Khalil Shakur, back at it here, three for 59, 19.7 yards per reception this week I've mentioned it before here but if Khalil Shakur is seriously hanging around 20 yards per reception he is going to be way more impactful than even I projected and I've been one of Khalil Shakur's biggest backers so it'll be really interesting to see when the entire first team wide receiver core is out there how much volume Khalil Shakur gets but for me it's very clear that Khalil Shakur is going to be involved one guy that I really liked as an under-the-radar type running back here that could just hang around for a little while and maybe have some bursts of excitement was Deion Jackson. He played a big season for Duke, fell under the radar because he was playing at a smaller program, but was highly productive. An underwhelming display for him, going just five for seven, five carries for seven yards. And Devontae Price, also a young Indianapolis rookie running back here, 6 for 13. Devontae Price wasn't high in my rankings, but he was a little bit more of a sleeper pick for others in their rankings. Neither one of these guys seemed to want to claim this running back three role in the Indianapolis depth chart. So we're going to be looking at those two guys from this point on, just seeing if they can make the practice squad. 
Now, from underwhelming rookies here to some very hype-building rookie talk, it's Brian Robinson, 8 for 31. Yes, he was the lead running back for the Commanders this week. Gibson, two carries for three yards coming off of a week of practice where he was demoted to playing special teams. And no, not kick returner. We're talking coverage it is not a good spot for Antonio Gibson. Listen, Ron Rivera is an old school coach. Maybe he's just making the guy that fumbled, you know, carry the ball or not carry the ball, I should say, just playing special teams. Or maybe this is for real. And honestly, I believe it's for real. I believe Brian Robinson from the start was brought in for a reason. I believe he has three down back capability. I think they're going to mostly use him as a two down back. But Brian Robinson can realistically see around 150 carries this year. And there could be some big weeks ahead for Brian Robinson. It's definitely somebody who in a seasonal best ball, I think is a really good late round target. And somebody who in dynasty leagues, you already should have on your roster. I'd say you should trade for him. But I honestly think you're going to have to overpay now. You should have drafted him back when we were hyping him up. Isaiah Pacheco check Pacheco uh, it was right there Isaiah Pacheco all right six touchdowns for 24 yards four carries six touches I'm sorry six touches for 24 yards but it was only four carries for eight yards P Isaiah Pacheco another guy we're going to dig into a little bit more later Malik Willis improved over the course of the game this week seven for 17 through the air 80 yards and a touchdown to fellow rookie Tight end here, Chigozi Akwanku. Still don't feel like I have that right, but I feel like I'm getting closer. That was 80 yards total for Malik Willis. I believe it was about a 16-yard touchdown pass. It was a rocket touchdown pass. That's the type of throws we're going to want to see. A tight ball on a rope in the, in the red zone. He also rushed the ball five times for 42 yards. Now, last week we talked about Julius Chestnut being way more present than Hassan Haskins. This week, let's check in on that. Julius Chestnut went 10 for 35, 35 yards on 10 rushes. Hassan Haskins had 39 yards on 12 rushes. Neither one of those very good. Here's the unfortunate part right now for whether you are pro Haskins or pro Chestnut. I think the running back two answer, at least for the beginning of the season, is going to be Hilliard. I don't know if that's totally surprising, but I was hoping Hassan Haskins could claim that role a little bit more still. I think both Haskins and Chestnut have the ability to make the 53-man. Right now, if Tennessee is going to take just one of those guys, I still slightly lean Haskins, but I wouldn't rule out Chestnut getting that spot and Haskins being on the practice squad. How about Eric freaking Azukanama, baby? Six for 114, six receptions for 114 yards, including a fantastic contested catch. This is somebody who we've been scooping up here. I've been advocating for him as a third-round rookie selection all offseason long, and I think his value is just going to skyrocket. I think he's going to be a legit contender. There's plenty of targets there as wide receiver three. In that Miami offense, I think they expect Tua to pass the ball more. They want to throw the ball more, which is going to set up their their run play action offense, right? So we're looking at him as a legitimate contender, as a wide receiver three. Gasecki's getting phased out in this offense. That's what all the reports are telling us. So Azuka Nama, we could see realistically 60 to 75 targets we might get three or four maybe even five touchdowns out of him which would be best case scenario and it would be a really good case scenario and a really good value out of him 
TDP, Tyrion Davis-Price, shows off some contact balance. He put together a nice highlight run. He goes 10 for 41. I still have zero TDP on my rosters. I still want zero TDP on my rosters. Ty Chandler, a nice red zone carry, 5 for 19, including that touchdown. Right now, Ty Chandler is what I would call on the right side of the bubble. He's not safe to make the 53-man. It's going to depend. You know, obviously, Cook and Madison are making the roster, so it's going to come down to whether or not uh, uh, Nguangu, um ends up making the roster for special teams or if he makes it as a running back or both. I think it is realistic for Minnesota to take four running backs, assuming uh, that Nguangu ends up on special teams as well. Kenny Pickett, 6 for 7 this week, 76 yards and a touchdown. Through two weeks of the preseason, Kenny Pickett is now 19 for 22, 168 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. All the way through the offseason, I said Kenny Pickett needs to be the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I almost said Pittsburgh Panthers for the Pittsburgh Steelers week one. Because it seemed really obvious to me that that's what they were drafting him to do. And I talked about him having a pro-ready skill set. All the camp reports made me second-guess that. They were so negative. They were so down on Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett has performed at the same level, if not better, than Mason Rudolph, than Mitch Trubisky. He's played as the best quarterback on this roster. So what incentive? What incentive do the Pittsburgh Steelers have to not send Kenny Pickett out there? What is Mitch Trubisky giving you in Week 1 or Mason Rudolph giving you in Week 1 that Kenny Pickett cannot give you? All right? Kenny Pickett should be the starting quarterback week one for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's proved it. He's shown it in preseason action. I don't know how much more you could want from this guy. And I think he's somebody whose fantasy football value could see a sharp jump very soon. Jalen Warren, hype season. All right, reports are coming out that he won the RB2 job. He had three carries for three yards. I don't know what that says, but it's not super exciting. Isaiah Spiller. Three carries, also for three yards. He's not getting a ton of touches in the preseason. I'm not sure what that's all about. Deshaun Corbin, at the time of recording, I'm recording this mid-New York Giants game. He's 8 for 26, and he's got a nice touchdown. Two nice red zone carries. I tweeted it out. Isaiah Likely, at time of recording, 2 for 25. I wouldn't doubt if by the end of recording, he's doing something like 5 for 50. All right. Let's head on into segment number two. We're talking about cuts and injuries, a less fun topic. But let's start here with two unfortunate injuries, two guys that we have been hyping up here on the Rookie Big Board. The first one is Tyquan Thornton, wide receiver for the New England Patriots. He will be out for the early season. We don't have an exact timetable yet with a shoulder injury. We're expecting it to be around half of the season. Not great, folks. That's not great for somebody who had a fantastic preseason. He was really battling for legitimate volume in this Patriots offense. So it'll be interesting to see if he's able to come on strong against tired defenses in the second half of the season. But this is a real bummer for a player who is clearly talented, but we need volume and you need to earn that. And especially in the New England Patriots offense, we were hoping that he could have carried that momentum forward and claimed that workload from the start. Still plenty of opportunity for Tyquan Thornton to be an impact player down the line. This is a tough one. 
This is a really tough one. Matt Corral, on pure tape review, Matt Corral was my quarterback one in this class, and I stand by that. But it is going to be very difficult here. He suffered a Liz Frank injury that is usually a full-year injury. Matt Corral is expected to be out for the entire season. That's tough, folks. That is really, really tough. This is a developmental year for Matt Corral. He had the ability to push for quarterback two right? Assuming that Darnold got cut or traded because it does look like Baker's going to be quarterback one. And Matt Corral is now going to use that full year of development off the field. So here's the hope and here's the key. Matt Corral, a big piece of his pre-draft process was being able to transition from the old Miss offense, which is very quarterback friendly to an NFL offense that can be a little bit more difficult to process. So the key is going to be if Matt Corral can still use this year to develop on the whiteboard. Can he still learn this offense? Can he understand the NFL game right on paper? Now he's still going to have to get on the field next year in preseason and actually translate that. The speed of the game is going to have to catch up for him, but hopefully he develops the mental side of the game because he absolutely still has the physical side of the game. But a rookie quarterback suffering a season-ending injury is not a good sign, especially one that did not capture high draft capital as it is. So, Matt Corral, when we do the rookie big board update here, that'll come towards the end of the preseason, you're going to see his RBBR rookie big board rating. For those who are not familiar with that, it's going to take a pretty serious drop because I do think this is going to be difficult, but certainly not impossible for Matt Corral to overcome. All right, when it comes to cuts in the preseason here, things have shifted a little bit over the last couple of years. So I'm going to give a quick overview. And then unfortunately, we do have a short series of rookies here to talk about that have already gotten cut. So from week one to week two, teams needed to go from 90 to 85 players. After week two, so when you're listening to this, um, maybe this cut has already happened or maybe you're just ahead of it. But after week two, they have to go from 85 to 80. And that, so it's 10 players over the course of the first two weeks. That's small, but not insignificant. But the big one is after that. After week three, they need to go from 80 to 53. And that's how we get down to the final 53-man roster. You may remember during COVID, the practice squads were extended. They've kept that extension. It's up to 16. So even after we go from 80 to 53, we're going to see a ton of action because players are going to go to either their practice squad or they're going to get scooped up by other teams and go to other teams' practice squads. And then teams can now have up to six veterans, which is detailed by more than two or defined as more than two years on their practice squad. So it used to only be young guys, but now you can actually have up to six veterans on your practice squad, which does kind of fluctuate those numbers a little bit. So from week from Training camp to week one, let's put it that way, from week one to week two, however you want to say it, we had four rookies get cut. B.J. Baylor cut from the Green Bay Packers. Not super surprising. A little bit of a bummer, though, for the guy who had a lot of hype coming out of Oregon State. Max Borgie cut from Denver. Max Borgie was a UDFA. There wasn't really much shot he was going to make this Denver roster. Ronnie Rivers cut from Arizona. This is a bit of a bummer here for folks who have been uh, really hyping up and getting hype off of Ronnie Rivers for CFF over the last couple of years. I thought he'd hang on a little bit longer, but he was a long shot to make this roster. And oh man, the fall of Jaden Widemeyer. Jaden Widemeyer cut from Buffalo in the first round of cuts. The UD, All these guys UDFA, so no draft capital being cut yet. I think we're going to have a few more guys, unfortunately, to talk about next week. And then, quite frankly, that following week, there's going to be so much going on, but it might just be a full cuts and practice squad episode. Now, let's go ahead and get to segment number three. 
which is going to involve three rookies that I'm advocating for you to trade for right now. So I kind of debated this segment episode and or what I wanted it to look like. And I originally started by asking the Rookie Big Board Discord for some trades to talk about. I was like, let's just talk rookie trades in general, right? Because I figured guys were moving around a little bit. And then, you know, I got some really fun trades to talk about. You know, Skip dropped in the chat that he traded Isaiah Likely for, or he got a four for Isaiah Likely. So he gave away a fourth round pick. He got Isaiah Likely. I love that. That's a money move, Skip. Uh, Daniel mentioned that he traded Sky Moore for Zeke on a contender. I thought that was really fun. Uh, really spicy one. I like it. On a contending roster, I still think Zeke has plenty of production left. And although I love Sky Moore, I am somebody who all the time says that if you have a championship contending roster, you should cash out, all right? Get that immediate production and push for a championship. A really interesting rebuild one on the flip side of that came in from Ryan. He traded Cooper Cup for Garrett Wilson, Isaiah Spiller, Alan Lazard, Evan Ingram, and a 23 second round pick. I have been very into trading Cooper Cup. I think he has peaked in value, and I'm somebody who has so much Cooper Cup because I've been buying him cheap. I think it's the perfect time to flip and to get uh, somebody who was an ADP first-rounder this year, an ADP second, third, border, and spiller, and then you get a future second. So you're getting a one and two twos for Cooper Cup, which for a lot of folks would be enough on its own, but you're also getting Alan Lazard, who at worst is probably sitting in wide receiver three territory, and Evan Ingram, who I think can be a tight end one this year. That's a really, really good return, assuming you have plenty of roster space to kind of build that out. And because it's a rebuild, it would make sense that you would have that roster space. And then I got one from Daniel here, David Bell and Desmond Ritter for Davis Mills. I thought that was really interesting. David Bell and Desmond Ritter, two guys I've been a little bit lower on. But for Davis Mills, who, has, who I've also been a little bit lower on, I would probably actually lean uh, Bell and Ritter just because it's two guys I'm lower on versus one, so there's a higher hit rate. But I thought that was a really interesting trade as well. All of these coming in, though, and I was thinking to myself, well, what about Romeo Dubs, Isaiah Pacheco, Jalen Tolbert? You know, I was getting a few Tolbert trades in the Discord, a few Pacheco trades in the Discord, uh, a spicy Dubs trade in the Discord. And I said, let's just throw this out to Twitter. Let's see if anybody else has done a trade involving Romeo Dubs, Isaiah Pacheco, Jalen Tolbert, three guys that I've kind of been looking to sell at this point. And folks, we've been doing trades. I had over 100 replies to that tweet plus all the ones from the Discord. I didn't want to do a full episode reading every one of those trades, but what I did is I pulled out a variety of trades for each of these three guys, and I'm going to kind of run through them, tell you if I like it, if I don't like it, but I'll start by giving a little bit of overview of where I see the player's value right now. Let's start here with Romeo Dubs. This might be the most controversial one, but when we're looking at Romeo Dubs, this is the definition of a preseason sell, and I have been everywhere on Romeo Dubs, folks. When I first saw that Romeo Dubs tape, we're talking 2021 summer scouting evaluation on Romeo Dubs. I was high on him. I was high on him because I saw a deep field stretcher. I saw some great speed. I saw somebody who had a little bit questionable handwork, a little bit questionable ability to separate, but I said to myself, those are things that he can improve on in his final year there at Nevada. When I put in that 2022 rookie profile, what I saw was that he did not really improve on those things. He went to the Senior Bowl. He struggled with separation. And so Romeo Dubs plummeted. And that's why, for a lot of folks, he ended up being a third, fourth-round pick, right? So this is somebody, Romeo Dubs, who you could have gotten really consistently in the mid 
third round of your rookie drafts to early fourth round of your rookie drafts. And now he's somebody who's popping off in preseason, an ideal scenario, right? We're talking about a team that's wanting to get him involved a lot more in the preseason than they likely will in the regular season. We're talking about a team that invested way more draft capital into a player with a way higher ceiling who is only not on the field and potentially outshining Romeo Dubs because of an injury. We're talking about Christian Watson, of course. So Romeo Dubs to me is somebody who I'm seeing as having a really short-term bump in value and is going to peak very quickly. So if you still have Romeo Dubs on your roster, I do think this is a guy you want to get out from under. Here's some trades that I saw. I'll tell you which ones I like and maybe which ones I don't like so much. A lot of these trades moved Romeo Dubs for a mid-2023 second round pick. Now, I saw at least three of those. I think there were actually more. I apologize. I couldn't get to all the replies. There were seriously so many trades that came in. I like to think that these folks saw my tweet last week where I advocated trading Romeo Dubs for a mid-2023 second round pick. Listen, even if Romeo Dubs hits, right? Best case scenario for Romeo Dubs, he puts up like a wide receiver three season. You would probably trade a, a 2023 second. Uh, you'd probably trade away your standard wide receiver three for a 2023 second. Let's, let me put it that way, right? But now what you're doing is you're getting ahead of that. You're eliminating the opportunity for Romeo Dubs to not be relevant, which is, I think, more likely still than Romeo Dubs being relevant. All right, somebody else traded Romeo Dubs for a 2023 third and a 2023 second. So go ahead and flex on everybody else who only got the 2023 second. You got an extra little bonus there. Romeo Dubs and Isaiah Pacheco for Damian Harris, John Mechie, Albert O. Folks, that is a double cash-in. You got rid of Romeo Dubs and Isaiah Pacheco, who I'll talk about. You get Damian Harris, who has a solid wide receiver 2-3 floor, right? So a wide receiver 2-3 is that, you know, 24 to 32-ish range. John Mechie, who I know is out for this year, but I do expect him to be an impact player when he's back and healthy and on the roster. And I don't love Albert O right now, but I will say... That's a good player to have and potentially flip again, maybe for a second round pick, maybe for a pair of threes. All right, another trade involving Romeo Dubs, another package trade. This person gave Romeo Dubs, they gave Tyler Algier, they gave Robert Woods into 2023 third, and they consolidated. They got DJ Moore in a 24 second. So I'm really looking at this as saying, okay, I got Romeo Dubs and Robert Woods for DJ Moore. I think that is a nice upgrade in Dynasty formats. You're using Romeo Dubs as an add-in piece to get a whole lot younger. And I like Robert Woods for seasonal, but DJ Moore is just giving you a whole lot more for a whole lot longer. And then you're looking at it as Tyler Algier in a 2023 third for a 24 second. You know, that's pretty standard for me. That's a nice upgrade and you free up roster space, which means you can be a sicko and go troll your waiver wire for some of these other rookies that I've been talking about to make the practice squad. All right, Mecole Hardman and a 23 first for Romeo Dubs. This is absolute robbery and theft. This one was dropped in the Discord, and I do think I have to report the person who made this trade because this is an absolute crime. You got a 2023 first on its own for Romeo Dubs. That was enough, and this person pushed it enough to get Mecole Hardman on top. It is nothing but respect for me, but you are a criminal, and I am going to have to report it. Isaiah Pacheco, next guy I'm advocating to trade for here. Folks, I, this is so frustrating to me, right? This is like, I loved Isaiah Pacheco. This was me like, hey, there's somebody who is probably going to be ranked in like the 60s, the 70s for most rookie rankings. And when I say ranked in the 60s, 70s for most rookie rankings, that means they're not being ranked for most rookie rankings. Most people go, you know, 
30, 40, maybe 50 if they're getting crazy. But, you know, I'm digging deep here, and I'm watching Isaiah Pacheco at Rutgers, and I'm like, man, this guy's fun. I'm going to want to stash him everywhere, just let him on that taxi squad. I think he's going to get involved. He's going to pop. People are going to get excited. And then he goes, and his value just gets blown out of proportion. And now I'm just not getting Isaiah Pacheco, right? You know, I have him stashed in some places, certainly, but it's like, what's going on here? And it's going to unfortunately kind of ruin Isaiah Pacheco for folks. I think we've just hyped him up too far. Let me give you examples for this. All right, first trade that came in, someone just traded a 24 first in a regular 10-team Dynasty League for Isaiah Pacheco. What? Isaiah Pacheco probably wasn't going in the first five rounds of most leagues unless I was in it because I would have taken him in the fifth round. So we're talking about somebody who probably wasn't even getting drafted in a standard 48 rookie draft, and you just traded a 2024 first for this guy. That is absolutely wild. If you could get anywhere near that, you need to go ahead and trade Isaiah Pacheco immediately. And folks, these are real trades. I did not make these up. All I did was solicit trades. All right, somebody else packaged Pacheco and Khalil Herbert to get the guaranteed 2023-201. I love Khalil Herbert, but I absolutely love that trade. That is a good value, adding him in as a nice package piece. Picked up Isaiah Pacheco off of waivers post-rookie draft. That's great. That is a smart use of roster space. And I'm going to tell you why that was a smart use of roster space. Because this person was offered Hollywood Brown for Isaiah Pacheco. An immediate accept. Imagine being in a league, right? And it's one of those leagues where you get a notification, you know, depending on what app you use, whenever somebody makes a trade, right? And you're sitting there and it's like, hey, a trade was complete in your league. And you're like, that's fun. Let me go ahead and check out what that trade was. And you see that somebody in your league traded Isaiah Pacheco for somebody who probably is going to be living in wide receiver two, if not wide receiver three territory. My goodness, I would do two things. One, I would throw my phone across the room out of rage. And then I would go pick up my cracked screen and I would figure out another trade offer to send to that manager that, that sent away Hollywood Brown for Isaiah Pacheco because you know they have fully bought into the hype. So if you're in that league and you have Tolbert or Romeo Dubs, why don't you keep the hype train going and make that offer to that other manager? What in the world? Here's another one. This is a good one. I think this is a crafty one. Isaiah Pacheco in a 2023 second for Dalton Schultz in a tight end premium league. I think Dalton Schultz is in for a top six tight end season, which is going to skyrocket his value, right? Because I think Dalton Schultz is going to be the second biggest target in the Cowboys offense. We'll get a little bit more into that. I really like that one. Moved Isaiah Pacheco for two 23rd thirds. I love it. Some of these, don't overthink it. If you're hearing this and you're saying, I have Isaiah Pacheco, but I've sent out some 2023 second offers and I've gotten denied, I would take two 2023 thirds all day for Isaiah Pacheco. Take yourself out of the hype vacuum for a moment here. Take yourself out of the hype vacuum. We just talked about in an earlier trade, wasn't drafted. Probably wasn't taken in the first five rounds of most leagues. And you're going to get two thirds next year for that in a deep 2023 class? That's money. That is plenty enough. Next trade, Pacheco and a 2023 fourth for a 23 second. Good. Another perfect example. That's still an upgrade. It doesn't have to just be a second. Work off of that. All right. And in two leagues, two leagues, and this is what we call, folks, a good transition. Isaiah Pacheco went for Jalen Tolbert one for one. So let's talk about Jalen Tolbert. He's the final rookie that I'm advocating for trading, and I'm going to talk about some trades that folks dropped to me. This episode, we're going to wrap up this episode with Jalen Tolbert talk. The first example, sold Jalen Tolbert for a 2023 first. My goodness, this is it, folks. This is it. 
Selling Jalen Tolbert for 2023 first is a dream. If we're talking about this 2023 class and the wide receivers, don't even get into the rest of the guys, just the wide receivers that could potentially be first round rookie picks. And I'm actually, I've, what I've done right now as I'm speaking is I've pulled up the 2023 rookie big board, which is available. These players have RBBR, which is the rating system that I use to go from one year to the other. You can compare Debbie value to dynasty value. And you have the potential to have Jackson Smith and Jigba as a first round wide receiver pick next year. Kayshawn Boutte, Jordan Addison, Jermaine Burton, Josh Downs, that's five, and I'm going to stop there. I could keep going. All those five guys that I've mentioned are ranked right now in my top 13 players in the 2023 class, all realistic first-round selections for next year. I would take all of those guys over Jalen Tolbert every single day of the week, and I don't dislike Jalen Tolbert. I want to drive this home. I don't dislike Jalen Tolbert. I don't dislike Isaiah Pacheco. I don't dislike Romeo Dubs, but my goodness – if somebody is giving you the opportunity to take Jackson Smith and Jigba, Josh Downs, any of these guys over Jalen Tolbert, you absolutely have to make that trade. This next one traded Jalen Tolbert for an early 2023 second. All right, folks, let's keep digging. All right, guys who could be available at the top of the second round. Wide receiver, Marvin Mims. I think very underrated Oklahoma. Jaden Hazelwood, who is set for a huge bump this year. All right. Rakeem Jarrett, super athletic, former five-star wide receiver out of Maryland. You know what? Let's pivot off of wide receivers. Tank Bigsby, the running back. Sean Tucker, Zach Charbonnet, all these running backs. Okay, quarterbacks. Spencer Rattler could be there. Hendon Hooker could be there. Tyler Van Dyke could be there. All of these guys over Jalen Tolbert. What a What a fantastic flip right there. And then somebody else uh, mentioned that they traded a 2023 third next year to get Jalen Tolbert. And here's where I want to finish this. That's good. That is a good trade. I'm just, I'm, I have just explained to you how I would trade away Jalen Tolbert, but I wanted to finish on this note because I think this is important. This person traded a future third for Jalen Tolbert. That is fine. That is a good price point to buy in because you probably paid a third this year. So this person didn't pay. They didn't overpay, right? They just gave a future third for a third-round pick this year. Totally okay. All of these guys that I advocate for trading away, everybody has a price point. All the rookies that I fade, they always have a price point. And right here, Jalen Tolbert for a third-round pick next year, that's a good price point because this person's going to do one of two things. They're going to have a shot for somebody to contribute as a bench piece on the roster or you know what they could do? You know what the first thing I would do if I was in that league and I had just traded a future third for Jalen Tolbert? I would go ahead and get a future second because I bet they probably could do it. All right, folks, a little bit longer of an episode, but we had a lot of trades to talk about. We had a lot of cuts to talk about. We had injuries to talk about, and we had a whole lot of preseason NFL action to talk about. I will be back at it next week with a Week three preseason update. We'll be talking college football, looking ahead to 2023 impact players for week one of the college football season next week. This is the time of the year. Make sure you're subbed. Make sure you've, you've left a five-star review on whatever format you're listening on. And seriously, folks, I would appreciate it if you do not already 
support this podcast and what we're building here at the Rookie Big Board, head on over to patreon.com slash rookiebigboard and check it out. Seriously, fantastic value, just $3 a month. And you actually can save 15% right now if you sign up for that annual membership. As always, I appreciate you checking out this episode of the Rookie Big Board.